Spider-Man main theme from the uh, Homecoming uh, movie, where the opening credits were, which had a little bit of the 60s uh, Spider-Man theme song mixed into it. Very nicely done, and I like her video. We'll put it on the message board where you can see it uh, with this episode's uh, title. But uh, before we get on to our review show, I want to give some thank yous to the folks on Patreon that support us each and every month to help us put out more content, and also... Uh, help us pay the bills. So thank you to Brian, Craig, Christopher, Andrew, John, Stephen, Michael, Frederico, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Nick, Laura, Michael R., Daryl, and Spider-Gwen. If you would like to support this podcast and our website, log on to spidermancrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side for the Patreon button. It's also at the bottom of every article. And uh, since we last did a podcast, we have a new feature on the front page every single day. We have a panel of the day. Our buddy Adam posts those up, and there's special features like uh, cat on Saturdays. I mean, Catterdays, it's a Felicia panel. On Mondays, it's Mary Jane. So check those out. It's really cool. And oh, Sundays are Splash Page Sunday. That's a really cool feature. So check them out. SpidermanCrawlspace.com. All right, let's get on with a bunch of spider reviews. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our review show. Let's introduce the panel. Ashley, what's going on? Um, Not much. I'm sitting here um, as green as can be, hearing all the good news about Black Panther and how awesome it is. While Am I the only one that has seen it so far? An empty theater near me. So it's, it's literally really like good. fully booked. Everywhere. She was busy tonight. Wow. She had like date night. She had like goat cheese pizza or something and some kind of. What did you yeah, have, Ashley? Tonight, pizza and Jurassic World. So. That looked really good. Oh, wow. It was very good. So. Aw, Logan in the YouTube chat says, Ashley, the heart of the crawl space. So she, she, has oh, this perfect, she has this perfect evening at home, dinner in a movie with her, with her fiance, and then she blames uh, her lateness on getting online all on Jack. That's funny. Trust me, once you say I do, the romance stops. <laughs> we'll get to JR in a minute. Noah, George, P. Asks, was I, Noah P. asks, was I there? Uh, that other voice you hear is George. What's up, sir? Hi. <laughs> and that other voice you heard was JR. What's going on, sir? I, I, I'm having a great deal of difficulty. Jennifer and... Uh, Justin broke up. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I just wonder, you know, of course, now I wonder if she'll go back to Brad. I mean, that would be the greatest thing. All oh, she, she and Brad would get back together. Well, you yeah. know, once you go Brad. <laughs> uh, and the voice you have not heard yet is Zach. What's going on, Zach? You know, I'm actually doing it the right way, not yeah. talking and over everybody. Over someone's intro. Now, George is winding up. He's going to hit you up. You know, if Brad continues on this path, if, if Brad continues down the path with this sort of 
horrible level of humor. I'm just glad I'm by a window. So, you know, defenestration is, is an acceptable way out. <laughs> Does it count as defenestration if you're throwing yourself out of the window? Technically, I think it is because there's not another word for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. No. Aren't you just okay. jumping? Okay. So, so Black what, Panther is great. I'm. I guess. Oh, you uh, saw it too. Awesome. Yeah, we, uh, me and the roommate went and saw nice. it on Thursday night. So it was uh, really good. Very, very good. Highly recommend. Two, two thumbs up out of me. Okay. Well, this show is going to be reviews. We've got a lot of books we're going to tackle. We've got. Let's see here. We've got uh, Venom 159, Venom Omega, ASM 794, ASM 795, ASM Annual 42, and Spec 299. Before we get there. I want to do a couple things. Uh, we actually have iTunes reviews. Uh, so that's going to be nice to read. We've got some ones that love us, some that hate us. So let's read in an order that they appear. January 16th, 2018. The subject title is Thwip. Five out of five stars. It's written by Daryl Mayart. Hey, Crawl Spacers, it's Captain Thwip Thwip. Love the podcast. I'm a longtime Spider-Man fan. I've been regularly listening in. I spend hours a day drawing comics and listening to the panel. Helps me not only pass the time, but stay current with all things Thwip. Keep up the good work, and thank you all for all the great Spidey insight. P.S. Thwip. (laughs) He's quoting my license plate. Very nice. And as soon as he said Thwip Thwip, Ashley, you uh, you know what I thought? What? I thought pop pop. Pop 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 pop. What, what what does what are you referencing? I'm out. <laughs> so this is the loop. It's a community reference. This is us. The TV. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next one is by I am Earl, Earl, Eli Gray. Uh, subject title: Great production, Spidey knowledge. Sounds like you're the ones in a bad relationship with him. Two out of five stars. Oh, two negative team. I'm tired of symbiotes too, but slot. Made a good call with Peter and Bobby. I stopped. <laughs> what? What? Hold on. Let me get through it. Let me get through it. Apparently, he hadn't read 795 yet. <laughs> I stopped liking Spidey for a long time, but he did really well with Spider Verse. Everyone will always be nostalgic for the old Spidey and the way things were, but the fall of Peter Parker felt really authentic to the character. And read Renew Your Vows if you want to stay in the past via What If Universe. Not sure why you think Peter's relationship with Bobby is unhealthy either. This is the first time he's been accountable for himself. (laughs) Okay, we weren't the only ones who bought that either. Okay. And thing where he, say, he, this, he must be from an alternate universe because that's not right. I, I don't recall that all, all that happening. Is it yeah. an alternate universe where everything's backwards too and unhealthy relationships or something? This, not is, the, this is the stranger things upside down. Anyway, it's let me get through it. This down. is the this is the first time he's been accountable for himself and <laughs> seeing where he failed in his previous passionate uh, in his previous relationship. Sorry. Anyhow. Slot will be gone soon, and maybe I'll check back in and see what you think after. As a positive, you put a lot of work in to this, and it shows. I wish you were more passionate about your the character you've focused on for so long. It sounds like you've got an unhealthy relationship with him. Also, on <laughs> also as one adult to another, don't use the "bye Felicia" meme. It makes my skin crawl when. When my nine and eleven year old sons say it, one all give a resounding bye, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) 
the black cat fan can say that. I agree. Okay, the next in, one. In fairness, though, in fairness, yeah. before we move on to the next one, mm-hmm. um, you can say a lot of things about us as a as a podcast and about our opinions. And 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 for a long time now, that's true. The general consensus is, boy, does this book suck. Mm-hmm. But the thing that you cannot question is our passion for the character. True. True. I, I I won't put up with it. I'm sorry. We we love the character so much we can't we can't stand to see the character mishandled and and treated so poorly and written so terribly. I would agree that is a symptoms of a bad relationship. We are in a bad oh, relationship we, with the partner of Spider Man who is not pulling his fair share. You are you're right. Yeah. I mean, and it was overdue yeah. before the ten dollar issue. <laughs> you know, true. Let me let me jump in on this too. Yeah, because because everybody in the, in this particular group right now has a passion and a love for this character. Brad, you and I have known each other for almost fifteen years. Yeah, um, I've known George for the better part of ten, Jr. for the better part of ten, uh, Jr. myself, and you all three have gotten to the point where we're celebrating our twentieth year online for our various websites. Mm-hmm. If we didn't care about the character, we wouldn't be operating three Spider-Man fan sites uh, for 20 years. So I think it's incredibly disingenuous for somebody to make that statement. I get it. We're not fans of Slot's run. Slot has burned us as a site in the past. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of negative connotations towards Slot, and and some of that's earned. Um a lot of it's earned, actually. Uh, but, you know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we're calling it like we see it, just like we've always have. doesn't matter who's been on this show. Ashley. From Ashley to Kevin and everybody in between, we've always called it like we saw it. didn't matter what it was. And, I think it's – go ahead. Sorry. And I think that um, it's not changed over the years. The people might have changed, but the opinions have not. It's funny. I'm reading the YouTube comments. Michael Reed stood out to me that said, you angered a shipper. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And when another one wrote, uh, dude, if you made Bobby and Peter your ship, I'm sorry. That's on you. <laughs> that's on you. That ship just sank like the Titanic. I'm like, my goodness. Okay, so let's see here. The next one. The guy who likes clones hates slot. That should tell you something. <laughs> the next one is from a, uh, a poster by the name of WWORRRM. Worm. Uh, the subject is uh, always fun. Five out of five stars. They left this on January 21st. I disagree with a lot of the opinions expressed on this podcast, and yet I still listen because the podcast is fun. JR and George have made me laugh so much I've started wearing two pairs of socks before I listen because I know one of those pairs is going to be knocked right off. <laughs> Wondered where he was going well, with that. At least, at least it's, it's his socks and not his underwear. <laughs> I, was, I, I was expecting you going in an entirely different direction. <laughs> you the people po- keep keep inflating these guys' egos. They're going to be yeah. even more. They're almost as they'll be insuffer as insufferable as Eagles fans. Oh, you pod- don't you haven't seen me insufferable yet, Zach? The <laughs> podcasters loathe current Spider-Man comics and tear into them like they owe the podcasters money. <laughs> Even though I think they let the negative of current Spider-Man comics influence them so much, they lose sight of a lot of the positives. I still highly recommend this podcast because it's highly entertaining. Long live the mighty Stegron. 
There well, you go. Prop, props to you for uh, for being open to different uh, different points of view. There, I, I would agree, Mister <laughs> Mister Worm. Okay, Tony Ambrose, ALA four. Uh, subject title: We still read Spider-Man comics, even though we hate them. One out of five stars. <laughs> You're damn right we do, because we're passionate. <laughs> damn it! So you don't have to. Isn't that what what there our mantra go. is? We're, we're helping Spider-Man fans. Life cope. is too short for bad comics. It's we're we're getting you to eight oh two. We're getting you to eight oh two. All right. I tried listening to this podcast a few years ago and could not stand it. <laughs> that's a, that's his opening line. Damn. Considering Spider-Man is my all-time favorite character, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I decided to give it another shot. This show is really just a bunch of grown men talking about how they think every Spider-Man comic that's been published in the last 20 years is a piece of crap. They will, they will also talk about everyone that writes. Yeah, I will not stand for this guy marginalizing Ashley like that. Exactly. Yeah. We've had two- Do you think should I start growing a beard now? <laughs> hey, they're two separate people, Ashley and George, on cam, if you're watching the live stream. Uh, let's see, back to the, the review. They will also talk about everyone that writes these comics and how bad they are. Then they will say, quote, this book wasn't worth the $3.99 I paid for it, unquote. If you keep buying something that you feel isn't worth your hard-earned money, doesn't that make you a sucker? End of- no, it makes us passionate. <laughs> Oh, we're super salty tonight. This is I this cover is, I, I cover Spider Man now like it's a forensic science. Like I have a cadaver <laughs> at a medical school and I'm showing first year students what went wrong with this with this body. <laughs> That's gotta be the best quote. When I, I've t- when I talk time. about how, how how poor of a character Carly Cooper was and how horrible she was to, <laughs> Oh my know, god, Carly Cooper it's like me taking the lungs out and weighing them on a scale. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Um, real quick, before we get to reviews, I want—I bought something on eBay, and uh, if you're listening to this in audio form, go to our YouTube channel. It's at youtube.com slash Spider-Man Crawlspace. I bought this on eBay because I had this as a child, and I loved it. Did any, George, did you, you remember this? The, the color forms. Uh, I do remember the color forms, but back in the day, I was more of a Presto Magics man. Ah, Presto Magic. So, for those young people that were not alive in the 70s. Yeah, because we're not old. So, this is a mint set. So, you peel these off, and you stuck them on the building, like right here. This thing is mint. It's got the instructions still here. And why do I like it? Why? It's got the Hulk and it's got Spider-Man in the same color form set. I figured it's because you had a latex fetish, but I mean, you, you, those are good points. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? These have oh. a distinctive smell. Hold on a second. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I was yeah. going to say this. All right, this, all right, this, this is segue into this. This could segue into the fact that I was going to bring up that <laughs> we were looking at Zach's armpit hair for the longest time, and uh, strangely uh, similar smells. Now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Smells like clone, yeah. <laughs> Hornacek says, don't lick those color courtler forms, Brad. They probably have lead paint on them. <laughs> it was the 70s, sir. Okay, so we are starting where we le- less, last left off. Yes, he's going to grow hair somewhere, though. On the review uh, <laughs> podcast from January. Uh-huh. We're still in the middle of Venom Inc., so I'm going to start the review. Oh, by the way, Mike will allegedly show up in a couple hours. Um, I'll, I'll, take I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Allegedly. And Mike's, 
Oh, no, JR's got it. JR already claimed it. Oh. The book uh, Mike did. Okay, we're on Venom, Inc., number five. So this is rare. I'm going to start a review. So this book is part five of the story. It's written by Dan Slott and Mike Costa. Uh, actually, the story is the writer of this issue is Mike Costa and Gerardo Sandoval Art. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> there's a big meeting here it's read a long time with Brad. There's a big meeting of the five families and Oh, what is the guy's name? That's got the new suit. Help me with that. Can you guys even remember Mike price or no Um, price? Lee Lee price. Lee price. That's it. So Lee price has mania suit and uh, is, as turned all the five families into symbiotes. He's controlling them. Then we go back to the 90s, and Venom gets some big guns. Uh, Felicia's there. Anti-Venom's there. Again, if Anti-Venom touches anybody, they get their suit canceled out or something like that. And Spider-Man, in the last issue, has been acting out a character, which is almost in character for the last 10 years, uh, <laughs> and has a symbiote on his face. And uh, Lee Price figures out that Spider-Man is tricking him. Uh, So he rips the symbiote off. He was undercover acting out of character. Thwip, thwip. There you go. So, by the way, love the lockjaw lost dog where you can rip off a phone number. I think that's pretty funny. Uh, It's funny. Sad when the ads are funnier than the book. Um, Anyway, so the the 90s Venom blazing with guns and symbiotes marches into the, the big meeting place of the five families. Chaos ensues. There's a fight. Uh, one part I liked, and I thought of Ashley, where uh, Eddie Brock is talking. He goes, uh, Felicia probably hasn't forgotten how we uh, nearly beat her to death the first time we met her. And and I, I'm glad that that was addressed, because last month we were wondering if any of those characters or the writers remembered them. Anyway, there's not much that goes on in the book. Um Symbiotes fight symbiotes. They pass uh, Flash Thompson around like a cigarette uh, and cancels out the venom. And so Mania makes a big explosion and the symbiotes all go back to Lee Price. And Eddie Brock says, nobody takes on Lee Price, but nobody but me. So anyway, <laughs> it's like light match. <laughs> So I had to turn the page. Nobody but me. Um, D out of me pros. I'm glad they uh, addressed uh, that Felicia probably still remembers that thing. Otherwise, why is she teaming up with Venom? Uh, Con again for $4 uh, to quote my reviewer for $4. I didn't get much bang for my buck. Uh, What do you guys think for pros? Was there any pros out of that Venom issue? First of all, who actually read it besides Brad and Zach? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I read it because I think Brad put up on our um, our list for the night issue 159 instead of 160. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, did I do a typo? I just realized. My bad. Yeah, issue 160. So Zach, Zach and I will just talk about it. Zach, did you like anything out of the book? Hell no. <laughs> Are you kidding? I just channeled my yeah. inner George. Um, yeah. No, this was terrible. Okay, first of all, this is the third, the third symbiote story yeah. where we've gotten a 50-foot-tall symbiote. 
<laughs> the third and the second in the last five years. That's funny. Horner Six says, my typo saved Ashley from reading that comic. I, you're, you're welcome, Ashley. <laughs> you're well, yeah. No, okay. I mean, seriously, 50 you know, Paul Venom symbiote person. You know what? didn't really work for me. I mean, I think before this, this storyline, I thought the Venom book wasn't bad. I liked uh, Eddie Brock down the sewers with Stegron and, the and then Dan Slott did a story. And then Dan Slott did a story with him and I, I didn't care for it. It's, it's, it's like, what do you, what do you like on your pizza? I, I, I like good stuff. We got people on the YouTube, ch- on yeah. the YouTubes right now saying that, you know, uh, Costa's Venom serviceable, but uh, Dan Slott touches him and it turns into crap. It's so. very true. I agree with the YouTubers. It's just pitiful. Serviceable. That's high praise for a $4 book. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, anyway, so okay. any other cons, Zach? Well, uh, <laughs> the artwork is pretty horrendous. And I'm sorry. Well, and it, it, here's the thing. You're comparing it to you got Stegman. <laughs> yeah. And you got this guy. Yeah. Stegman. This guy. I mean, it's just you. You can't. Uh, I feel bad for him because I, I. I think if it wasn't so close to Stegman, I. I might not be yeah. complaining about the artwork, but it's just. Ugh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. The the models are pretty bad. The the way that they the perspectives are off. It's just. It's not. Well drawn. I, I don't mind the artwork when it's just Venom alone, but when you throw in a Spider Man that looks like that, it doesn't work. Exactly. Venom can be a little bit more dark. Spider-Man is more light and it just, just didn't work for me. There's, there's some perspective things you can get away with, with Venom as a character mm-hmm. because of the nature of yeah. the symbiote, you, but you can't take those same models and put them in with a Spider-Man. Yeah. And I it, agree. Right. All right. Any other comments on this sack before we move on? Uh, I didn't give a grade. Uh, oh, what's your grade, sir? <laughs> big old fat F. Okay. Uh, All right. Ashley, you are wrapping it up with Venom Inc. Concern. Omega. You what? I was skimming through. Okay. And I suddenly felt like someone walked out from my grave. They're not trying to set up Black Cat and Eddie Brock, are they? I think that's what they were implying in that issue. <laughs> and and he thought to himself, oh, she probably still remembers that time I beat her on a rooftop. <laughs> so that's not going to work out. No. Oh, God. Yeah. No. Back in the no. McFarlane the era. That they're talking about it in that context. I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, that's yeah, that's a terrible development. Ashley, you're going to learn that uh, anytime a Spider-Man book has the word Alpha or Omega in it, they aren't that great. (laughs) Put her her back to being crime boss. Not that. (laughs) Alpha and Omega is literally Marvel code for we know you'll buy this crap just because. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Ashley, take us through this book. So, Alpha and Omega is literally like that one. I can't remember who made it, but that animated movie about the wolves that looked really creepy and it was called Alpha and Omega. Didn't yeah, that, that, that one. I can get in my head from now on. So, okay. All right. Well, wrapping things up with Omega and trying to get the disturbing thought of Black Cat and Venom hooking up out of my head. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Spider-Man, Black Cat, Anti-Venom, and Venom are all looking around for Lee Price. And as Zach said, we have a Giant Venomsaurus Rex who just pops up complete <laughs> with spikes down his back. That would be ten times cooler. Venomsaurus it, would be. <laughs> it would be so much cooler. I've just got dinosaurs on the brain, though, because I was just watching Jurassic World. True. But um, Spider-Man instructs Flash to attack him because he's anti-venom while he gets everyone else to safety. Um, 
I don't know what Black Cat is doing. Venom starts shooting at him with his little Braca Braca gun, and Black Cat is there literally like cheering him on, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. They're putting them in panels together. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Someone give me a cannon. I'm sinking this ship. I'm sinking it. <laughs> but yeah, so Annie Venom launches himself in. You know, we have a big, brave, heroic panel, and he's literally saying, I've got this. So, of course, what happens? He gets smacked with the tree and <laughs> assumed dead. He just gets totally beat down and it doesn't work. Venom and Black Cat decide to go just crawl on his back. Black Cat lunges at him and he, the giant Venom, spits out on her from the back of his head. With the onomatopoeia of spatoo. Spatoo. And it's all great. And it's disgusting. And I can feel it in my throat. <laughs> freaking out she's like no not again I'm not going to be having to take control of me again but of course in the ultimate of contrivances it, <laughs> it can only work once it doesn't work twice oh how convenient and she makes a really weird face here and she's like oh interesting I'm like it's not that interesting Felicia <laughs> honey honey there's so much more things to be interested in, but that's not that interesting. Anyways, Andy is watching them from above and decides to remind us that she's in this comic, and so she jumps down. <laughs> <laughs> While Spider-Man is digging through the rubble trying to get to Splash and make sure he's okay, she's uh, carrying on the fight and launching her fire at him. Yeah. Which you think would be more effective because it's, you know, symbiote, and so you have a little hellfire being shot at him, and okay. I mean, it's turning them back at least, but I guess we're just kind of forgetting that little bit of continuity. Yeah, there's a lot of forgetfulness in this series. But it's okay. Flash isn't dead. He's just um, completely broken. And we get probably (laughs) the world's worst inspirational speech, like the world's most generic inspirational speech. Just, I need you. You know, I need that hero. On your feet, soldier. And I'm like, you... Yeah. Really put your all into that, Peter. Oh my god. But it's all okay because his um Actually that's the only time I feel like not. was that? I feel like it's one of the few times he's been in character in this entire story arc. Maybe. <sighs> maybe maybe it would have been better if if everything around it would have been less hokey. Yeah. But it just felt out of place and I just I, I wasn't really buying it either. Yeah. But it's all for naught because uh, and if I'm just heals his wounds automatically. And so they just kind of have an awkward, they turn what could have been a romantic moment into just kind of awkward chit chat. And it just kind of just, just peters out and loses all. Food. <laughs> see what, I see what she did. Oh, oh I did not Ooh. intend that. Um, right. So they get any venom back on track and, they get it set up so Annie Venom's gonna attack him, but it's not working out as expected because he's somehow resistant to Annie Venom and has built up a tolerance or something. Oh, so okay. our solution <laughs> to that, out of nowhere, we have Venom suddenly driving an SUV into the Venom <laughs> the Venom Source Rex's leg and launching himself out of the windshield and into his eyes, I guess. Which somehow damages him. Maybe he's just getting the glass in his eye. Oh no! It just just grabs him by the eye. He just grabs him by the eye, and that's apparently more effective than anything else they've done. 
<laughs> and Flash Thompson gets behind him so, and manages so he does it. If you do it three stooges right at the eyes, <laughs> that's more effective than running an SUV or, or like, flames. His eyes, I could understand the reaction, but he's literally just like kind of grabbing him by the bridge of his nose. <laughs> I got your nose. <laughs> he doesn't have a nose. But anyway, Flash has gotten behind and managed to like stab him through with these giant stabby arms. Uh, oh. But that doesn't work. And they all get thrown back and they kind of have to sit back and think, this isn't working. What do we have to do? Felicia, bless her. And this is why I gave you the book. Felicia has a lot to do in this book. Well, not good things to do, but. Yeah. And they can't lot of decide Felicia. whether her eyes on her costume go on her shoulders or her boobs. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but she deduces that because getting the spit take didn't work a second time, then they somehow had some sort of antibodies that must be swimming about in their blood. This isn't going anywhere good. So Peter realizes, oh, our blood. That's what we need to defeat the symbiote. So he goes over, launches himself spectacularly, by spectacular, I mean a spectacular failure, over to Antivenom. And he takes some of his blood that's dripping from his face and smears it onto his hand. And then just like clasps hands with uh with Annie Venom. Which here uh, that panel remind me reminded me of the nineteen uh, eighties movie Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone <laughs> where it was an arm wrestling movie. George, you you've seen that I bet. No yeah. 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 Over the top. Over the top. Wasn't that uh where uh that Kenny Loggins song came from meet, meet me halfway or whatever. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm sorry, Ashley. That that panel just they, sorry they, gave me a flashback to a better story. <laughs> they full on don't do this at home, kids. Mix their blood together, and that somehow gives Annie Venom spikes all over his body, which means I guess it worked, and he can he can be effective against the Lee Price symbiote. Mm. So that does the trick. He oozes all over him with the blood anti-venom mix spraying off of his body. And he recedes down to size and is just Lee Price again, though he still retains some traces of the symbiote. Is this Venom or Slash Fick? What? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it ends with him spitting on him, so maybe it's one of those things. Josh, in the chat, I will ask that question after Ashley gets done. All right. That's a good question. And so they take Lee away. And as they're deciding what the four of them should do, um, Spider-Man is saying, hey, Eddie, I think it's time that, you know, you kind of serve time for what you've done, done some bad stuff. And Flash steps in and is like, hey, no, I don't I don't think so. He's proven himself. There's some good in him. Let's just let him walk. And I'm like. Let the burglar walk, okay, too. Okay, sure. This. This just it. He he didn't mean to. He's really a good person, honest. Yeah. He doesn't need to, you know, serve time for what he's done. Or I've had that problem with Spider-Man since the nineties, where he let Venom walk away. They shake hands and walk away. No, Spider-Man does not let the burglar or the criminal walk away. No, I'm like, if you want to go easy on him and be like, there's good in him. Oh, he's you know, it's he's not so bad. Have <laughs> well, him do it. Point, point of parliamentary procedure. Sometimes he dates the the criminal, Brad. 
<laughs> that's different. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's exceptions there. Joey. Well, yeah, Brock doesn't look like Felicia, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, and so they let him just walk. He actually just disappears into the ether because apparently yeah. Symbiote has that power now. Douglas, did you just assume Spider-Man's sexuality? Jeez. How dare you? How dare you? I'm so, so triggered sorry. right now. Sorry. Okay, we're almost done, Ashley. And Black Cat <laughs> walks out too, um, saying that, oh, that one time that he saved her, he wants to know if that makes him even. Of course, she doesn't grace that with an answer. Put <laughs> on her. And Flash and Peter kind of wrap things up. He kind of lets um, Spider-Man get away too, saying, well, hey, one of us has ties to the government and the other's known vigilante. So Peter takes that as his cue to leave and return home. home, The home where he's just literally living on the sofa with his... Moocher! And we get some... uh, An amazing window into this healthy relationship between Bobby and Peter. (laughs) There are evidently fans out there of the shipping of those two characters. (laughs) He literally does not care where he's been or, you know, what he's been doing. Is he okay or anything? And if he wants how he feels about whether she's with him or not, doesn't care at all. And so we get, I guess, a kind of spit take at the end where she goes in and is like (laughs) praising him like, oh, I guess you didn't burn the place down while I left. And then she goes into the bathroom where the uh, symbiote had uh, wreaked havoc. And, yeah, Peter's in trouble. And then we close on Black Cat and Benham having a little heart-to-heart. And he's talking about her having a fresh start. And he's giving her a little pep talk here about... Which seems so wrong. to trust herself. And, you know, she this isn't who she really is. And you know, <laughs> this isn't. Didn't she burn a whole bunch of people to death in, in like a room, like <laughs> yeah. a, like a like a like year and a half ago, two years ago? Didn't no seriously? Did, yeah. Wasn't that in one of the backup stories? Like she killed like a whole room of people with fire. Yeah. Something Does, like that. is Peter even aware of that? <laughs> that she needs to go to jail for I don't know murder. <laughs> and he says that wasn't you, Felicia. You <laughs> can really be yourself. You know, you can follow your own code. Gosh. And then he says, after all, this city always needs heroes. And I guess Ven- Venom's going to go back to being <sighs> on Earth. All yeah. right. Ashley, what would your grade be on this one? F. <laughs> all right. Uh, Zach, what's your grade, man? Uh, it's an F, and I've got a rant, so you might want to okay. go last on me. I'm going to go D. It's it's not that offensive to me, F territory. Uh, George and JR, did you guys read it? <laughs> no. Okay. All right, we'll stick with Ashley, Zach. Uh, I'm George Berman. Have we met? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> so, Ashley, what's your pros of the book? <laughs> or Zach, what's your pros of the book? Uh, look, flat out, the Stegman artwork was a pro. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. But that's it. Yeah. All right. Ashley, what's your cons? All of it. All of it <laughs> was uncomfortable in a lot of ways. The blood thing really yeah, more than squicked me out. I'm like, this is contrived and stupid and gross and unsanitary and. <laughs> 
let's talk about that for a minute. What oh, did okay. Spider-Man do in this issue? He gave you know a pep talk. No. He, <laughs> he was a blood donor. Yeah, he gave blood. He donated. <laughs> so he gives a he gives a pep talk that he's given to Flash like ten times. He's don he's donated blood. What else did he do? He took two giant frat frat falls. Wow. I mean, it's literally You're so mad you came and say Pratt Falls. Yes. That's all he did in the entire book. Uh, His function was literally to be a chump. This is exactly what we're talking about when we say we don't like Spider-Man behaving like a chump. He behaved like a chump. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for, for goodness sake, the parallels between this and Maximum Clonage Omega. Mm. Both stories are pretty, uh, not just pretty bad. They're bad. They're just bad. Both stories have bad artwork. Both stories needed extra artists to finish the story. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's also padded. There's no way there is six parts of the story that was needed. It's got an an Omega on it. What did you expect? Yeah. I mean, mean, (laughs) the fact is, we and I mentioned this a little bit last issue, but Planet of the Symbiots had a 50-foot tall carnage. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh yeah. minimum carnage had a 50 foot tall carnage actually mm. what kind of perspective Ome- omegas have 50 foot tall Wait, minimum things. carnage that was an actual story yeah minimum. they went into the microverse remember yeah that was in crossover with venom colin, colin bunn wrote that one i remember venom and scarlet spider uh kane were in this book. A crossover i think wasn't it it oh. was a crossover yes that had an alpha and an omega. So again, yeah. Real quick, a- Ashley, any other final comments about your con? What What do you think of Felicia trying to get a pep talk by by Venom, who beat her? You know, the- when I first saw that, before I realized that I would skipped over one sixty, I'd skipped over one sixty by accident. Like I'm looking at this, and I'm like, this is weird. Why yeah. this seems out of character for Eddie, like for Venom. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like give her this pep talk and be like, "Oh, that wasn't who you were. Where were you? How do you know? What? What? How do you? What do you know about what she was doing? You weren't there." Yeah. Uh, it's just, so that whole scene struck me as weird. We have the disturbing dynamic continued between um, Peter and Bobby. That is incredibly uncomfortable, and we even have him becoming aware of it. Just like, oh, maybe our relation. You know, maybe symbiotic relationships aren't that good after all or whatever the quote was and it could be uh an argument could be made that these books were they written for us are we are 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 these books meant for new readers where you don't remember that venom beat black cat brad the alpha and the omega tell you straight up front it is hack work that is just meant for cash i'm serious dude i mean what, what if you didn't need any sort of, you know, like what did you need it neon and on, on the front of the book? I mean, that's <laughs> it's literally a cash grab and they know people mm-hmm. will buy it and they know people will sit around and talk about how bad it was. That's why JR and I set this out. <laughs> literally. I, I mean, the, the parallels between that and maximum carnage or clonage Omega are that they both end on a pep talk and a splash page of a character, Spider-Man in maximum clonage wow, that's fine. and venom in in this book of them <clears throat> swinging away i so, mean <clears throat> when you're or, uh, the worst of the 90s and like taking it to an 11 good, you know good segue doing. by the way zach one of the posters in our youtube chat josh nelson says 
who else would rather read Maximum Carnage over Venom Inc.? Do you think Maximum Carnage was a better story than this one? I do. He says the 1990s are, are better than the 2010s. God help me. He's right. <laughs> yes. At least, at least as bad as things got in the 90s, Peter was still mm-hmm. Peter. I mean, the, yeah. you know, he was still being written in character. As bad as things were, he was still being written in character. Oh, my God. You just said that. <clears throat> you believe it? You oh, said the 90s yeah. are better than the 2010s. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the 1970s are better than the 1990s. That's what Logan said. Sure. All right. Well, any other thoughts on your issue, Ashley? <sighs> <laughs> I won't make you go back and say. <laughs> all right. Think, so, uh, the supporting I somebody think, said um, this was all about Flash. Uh, the supporting characters are doing more than the actual main two characters yes. in this book, True. which is asinine to me. True. So Jr. Has, well, oh, sorry. Um, oh, sorry. My last thing is, like, I started out kind of liking this arc, you know, as we saw with, um, you know, the last time we did reviews. I did enjoy the hokiness at the beginning, but everything, it was a fun start, and I could enjoy that, but after just seeing the conclusion, it's just... Yeah. This one's, this makes me really want to see Ryan Stegman be the artist for Post-Slot. Oh, I, that that is a thing that should happen. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's the thing that should happen. I like Stuart Eminem, though. I, I like Stuart Eminem in, in, too, when, especially when I can say his name correctly. <laughs> but uh, but no, dude, Stegman's been putting in the the work. I mean he he's killing it. Yeah, this okay. is the type of artwork ASM, I love with scroll. Uh, Sorry, ASM seven ninety four. Mike was going to review this book. Unfortunately, Mike can't make it, so Jr. stepped up and said, "I will take on the issue that everybody was asking for: the return of the Zodiac." <laughs> Why is J. Jonah Jameson wearing a Zodiac costume on that cover? J. Jonah Jameson was on the last cover, and I didn't know that was Jameson either. That wasn't Jameson. I don't know who it was. Okay, Jr. Take me through it, sir. Okay, actually, uh, this story should be called Running in Place, Part 1 of 3, because, <laughs> because all this is, all the, all this story is, uh, these next three parts, and I haven't even read one, we haven't even seen 796 yet, all it is is a placeholder until we get to come going down swinging, which is the big, you know, supposedly the big story to wrap up slots run and to get us to issue 800 and everything like that. So, but anyway, so the, we begin with a submersible going down to the, the bottom of the Atlantic ocean where there's got, again, I, you know, I, for some reason I've seen this, we've seen this numerous times. There's either a prison or a vault or something down there in the ocean all right, the, these people, they get down there and they get the explanation that this place is called the lockbox. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just thinking, you know, the, the next the next super vault is going to be called the caboodle or something like that. But uh, so anyway, this lockbox is supposed to be the destination for dangerous extra normal artifacts. And I'm thinking, weren't there at least two series on the Sci-Fi Channel that dealt with the exact same thing? <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, so for some reason, you know, the 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 the, uh, the guy who uh, uh, is in charge of this uh, has to make the comment that they brought it in under budget. And I'm I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to do. Is just set off a bunch, a whole bunch of things about you getting what you pay for, which I don't really understand. I guess this is supposed to be a private company rather than the government. So 
anyway, something starts glowing. And uh, usually that's pretty bad when you've got something glowing in one of these stories. And it turns out to be the Zodiac. And it turns out to be the Zodiac key, which, you know, they say, uh, well, you don't even know what the damn thing is. <laughs> we don't either. Uh, <laughs> we, and we don't know what purpose it served or anything that was important to it. But anyway, because the thing is glowing and because glowing thing, glowing equals bad uh, in these types of stories, uh, we're going to go, we're going to lock down the lock box. Um, and um, it's, a, I guess, th- I guess then it's, uh, you know, the only way they're going to be able to get out of the lock, if they lock down the lock box, the only way they'll be able to get out is if they get teleported by lock jaw. But anyway, uh, so long, long way to go for an inhumans joke. <laughs> stick with the X-Men jokes. They're better. <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather, stick, I'd rather go with the Missouri jokes. Oh. <laughs> JR goes for the low hanging fruit. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, if we lock down the lockbox, then the two people who just came by, who obviously have a different agenda, oh, says, oh, that's really going to be a problem. We can't have that. So let's bring out the pumpkin bombs. Yeah. Uh, because guess guess what? They're, you know. Norman. They're really working for Norman. Uh, and, of course, any of us who've been reading the previews knows exactly where this is going, where this is heading. Anyway, there's a whole lot of things that happen here. Uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of blowing up and stuff. Not that anything of I any. Mean, also, there's a bunch of lines stolen from Star Trek, like uh, we're losing containment, divert power from the backup generator and seal the bulkheads. We've got a breach. I think I saw that one. <laughs> and then we've got a breach. Yep. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, that was uh, I'm thinking I heard all of those were uh, said in yesterday's Enterprise, I think. So uh, he must have been watching a, an episode of the Next Generation as he was writing this. So anyway, boom, 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 explosion, explosion, explosion. Um, Zodiac key flies away. Fly, little bird, fly. Anyway, so Zodiac Key flies away. Okay, we go to Greenwich, England. Is that like a sandwich? A Greenwich. Uh, the Royal Observatory. Okay, so as you all know and don't really care, um, <laughs> after, I think around what issue 12 or whatever, after we had this big year-long story featuring Scorpio and the Zodiac Key, uh, which we really didn't care about, uh, Zodiac got, no, Scorpio got kicked into this portal where he saw everything that was happening in the future for a year and he got locked in there. And the only purpose that served was to let us know what the major plots of the next 12 months of, of the Spider-Man titles was going to be. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're sitting, they're sitting waiting for Zodiac or Zodiac. I'm going to claim Zodiac the whole way. They're going to, they're waiting, sitting and waiting for Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute, Scorpio. That was, um, that was Andy Robinson's character in the first Dirty Harry movie, wasn't it? A far more effective Scorpio, I will add, than and interesting than this Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a, wasn't there that yes. <laughs> wasn't there that Al Pacino character? No, that was, that was Serpico. Serpico. Serpico okay. yeah. All right. Oh, anyway, take your old man pills. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Stop for the moment. Two. Do you have nasal? Let's see. Ooh, what's this one do? You have any mm-hmm. Geritol for the tired blood? Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh well, let's see here. Uh, that and those uh, are either prescription medications or maracas. I don't know which uh, one. This and uh, oh, anyway, there's little know, prescription drugs. <laughs> <laughs> the candy when you, man. A, when you when you when you get old. 
these things are the only things keeping you alive. Also, when you've been married for almost 30 years, drugs are the only thing keeping you alive as well. Um, say no to but, drugs, uh, kids. Say no to marriage, kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can okay. attest to that. We're in Greenwich, England. Greenwich, yeah, we're England. In Greenwich. Yeah, anyway, which is like, okay, so it must be Greenwich time. Anyway, so Spider-Man and Sp- Mockingbird, which two together are Spockingberg, and and some of these people from uh, Lost Horizon Labs, who <laughs> you know we haven't seen in a while and who we didn't miss or whatever, they're all waiting for Scorpio to come out of his 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 time portal or whatever. Yeah. So he comes out and he says, "Oh, I'm I'm an hour early, therefore." I, I still have an hour to take whatever I learned and use it for some nefarious purpose, which all it is is super villain double talk. Cause I don't know what he thinks he can accomplish in an hour. Um, so, you know, they fire all kinds of crazy shit at him. You know, he fired in, and then all of a sudden he raises his hand and the Zodiac key comes flying towards him and spirits him away. And, uh, and uh, and uh, I shouldn't have volunteered to read this. I should have just let Zach take it. That's so, okay. Hey, Jr., that's okay because you made a you made a uh, uh, <laughs> you made a Lost Horizons reference. You made a reference to a film that came out in 1937, and I I, I was doing the math, and I was like, that's about the that's about the time you graduated high school. Probably. <laughs> that's right. I you probably the- you probably took a date to see that in the theater. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking about how hot Jane uh, Jane Wyatt was, and I think, boy, you know what? I can't wait to see her as Spock's uh, mom in about 30 years. That's real. Uh, that's but, actually a good movie. I, I but, think uh, it's been mentioned before. If he if he goes a year into the future, it doesn't take him a year to get there. It, it, it he's instantaneous, right? So did he have any time to do anything? I, I don't understand. He was just rolling. He was just rolling around. I mean, he just was like he's rolling you know, around for it, a year. And goes to yeah. The to, well, no, he it wasn't it wasn't a year for him. It was probably instantaneous for him. Exactly. And a year so for us. If I, mean, I walk through a door, door, listen, Brad. Listen, yeah. Brad. All right. Mm-hmm. Dan Slott wrote this. All right. <laughs> and nobody knows more about time travel than Dan Slott because he's like the number one Doctor Who fan in the <laughs> universe. He'll tell you all about it. He does pastiche of it all the time, and he calls it Silver Surfer. Um. So who are you to contradict the mighty dance lot on how saying, time travel works, sir? I'm how dare saying, you? How if, dare you, sir? If I walk through a door, I'm no smarter than I was the time I walked out of was before the door. Well, Brad. well that's you, Brad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess Scorpio instantly gets smarter when he walks through a door. I don't get it. I don't get no, it. No, 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 no. Uh, George, should we even bother trying to explain this? No. Okay. No. Just, um, we'll just keep going. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Scorpio gets into a cheap car and drives away. Uh, and uh, Bobby says, my, my wings are busted. Um, so then we go back to the lockbox where, where we, we go back and these two people are still shooting things up. Um, they're trying, you know, again, more oblique references to, you know, they're picking up something and something really dangerous. Scorpio goes to Big Ben, Spider-Man and Bobby go there and Scorpio talks about how he turns on the Zodiac key and it's going to send a satellite signal and it's going to unlock all kinds of secrets, which again, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's leading to. Um, yeah. The clock named after his uncle, Big Ben. Or maybe that's what Aunt May used to call him. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, God. So, 
Anyway, so uh, Spider-Man comes, comes to some kind of convoluted rationale that the Zodiac key flew to Scorpio because he needed it. Okay, I don't know how in the world he decided that, but he just said, huh, it came to you because you needed it, so I'm going to throw you out the, the clock window mm-hmm. and figure that if it ne- you needed it, that it's going to be flying toward you to save you because you needed it. And it's like, oh, my God, what am I missing here? Uh, and then... And then uh, Mockingbird hits Scorpio and knocks him out. And the Zodiac key is just kind of, what is the Zodiac key doing anyway? It's just kind of like. It's reminding us once again, that Spider-Man can't beat the villain in his own damn book. Somebody else has to come knock him out. Uh, And and here comes Bobby. This story could also, this story could also have been called. Oh yeah. I think I had this loose end out there. Didn't I? Not that anyone would care whether or not it was resolved. So, so what we get is, so now, um, as, um, Scorpio gets taken away and the Zodiac key is just kind of floating there in space. Uh, Art Modell or Max Modell makes this offer to Anna Maria Macroni to come out and join them in, in uh, Shangri-La at the Lost Horizon Labs. And which, I, which, by the way, that was remade into a musical in the early 1970s. Uh, starring okay, Martin. okay. Let's just go. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, action figure boy. You don't get to talk. <laughs> You don't. You don't get to say a damn word. <laughs> settle down. Settle down. Settle down. Settle. Hey, hey, deep breaths. Jr. still got the floor. So JR. anyway, so anyway, Anna Maria takes uh, uh, Max Modell's job offer because this is a way of writing Anna Maria out of the series now. Um, yeah. so, you know, so for so that uh, uh, you know we can say goodbye to her. Um, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Scorpio says, I saw enough Spider-Man to know that, uh, you know, I saw something that's happening right now that's really going to F up your world. Uh, Spider-Man says, welcome to Tuesday. Uh, then we go into, then we, we meet our two agents again who raided the lockbox and they're meeting the, you know, still recovering from his botched plastic surgery job uh, and looking like Kim Novak, uh, Norman Osborn. <laughs> wow. Uh, My gosh, these old references. Wow. <laughs> Kim Nova. What other podcast gives you Shangri-La, Lost Horizon, and Kim Novak references? <laughs> I'm so, getting old listening to the show. <laughs> so, there's this, so there's this glowing thing, and Norman says, "Leave me alone with the glowing thing." And the very last, uh, very last panel is Norman saying, "My new friend and I require some time to bond." Hello there, Carnage. I don't believe we've met. Now, uh, okay, and we've got to wait two more. We got to wait. Actually, we uh, that's not even going to get the start. The story oh, still not going to start. Hold on, Jay. Hold, hold, hold on. This was teased on the cover. You've got one more page. One more page. Oh, it's just a thing because they're promoting Wolverine coming back. Who gives a shit? What, Wolverine looks up a Big Ben. Who cares? Okay, it's I, not Spider Man. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, go ahead. Spider Man talk show. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a, I mean, if it's, you know, I want to talk about Shangri-La too and the Lost Horizon and how Canoonland is a ripoff of of Shangri-La and Lost Horizon. But no, but uh, anyway. I give okay. this story a C minus. C minus. Around the horn, Ashley, what would you give this one? <clears throat> D. Uh, George. D minus. Zach. Did we lose Zach? We've lost Zach. I I guess I'd give it a. a a D, I guess. I, I, I didn't care for anything of it. Uh, George, what's your pros? 
I mean, Jr. What's your pros? <laughs> Not a damn one. Nothing. There's the, no. Come on. I mean, these things are these things are abysmal. You know, we're just marking time until we get to the main event, and then did we're marking not, time. Did until you not so- like Norman Holden and symbiote of Carnage and saying we've never met? No, this is this just has bad shit written all over it. No, this is you know. I mean, I, I if if I if Loki owed me a favor, uh, I would go back and I would change the end of the Goblin Nation story where Norman lost his powers because then we wouldn't be going on these stupid these stupid uh, uh, stories that were going so, on. So you you think Norman is more as powerful enough without help? I yeah. no, 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 just no. I just know this is going to be stupid. <clears throat> it's just going to okay. be stupid. That's All accurate. Right. So no pros. Uh, pros out of anybody else. Let's hear Ashley or George. I like the art. MMN's art was yep. good. I liked it. Yep. Ashley? Too bad it's wasted on a crap story, but. Uh, here, I'm, no. let's look at Ashley's cam. There we go. <laughs> no pros? <sighs> um, I agree with art. I, I guess I kind of like Norman and the symbiote. I, I don't know why I like that idea. We've, uh, mainly because we've never seen it. Um, it's a symbiote, man. Well, you know, I, I've, I've, I've never, I've never seen, you know, um, the Chippendales either. But uh, I'm not missing anything. Wow! You know? Of all the examples, <laughs> I've never seen a man like get devoured alive by wild dogs. But I think I'm okay for not. <clears throat> I mean, I see I don't Frontier need to see in the YouTube chat says I think Red Goblin looks kind of cool. <clears throat> I'm wondering in 800. I, I think Frontier just lost his privileges. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So I I don't know I I I like the it, it seems like all the Spider-Man villains have met at one point but Norman has not met Carnage before anyway well Norman's probably never met Mindworm either has so. Norman met Vin- has Norman met Venom I don't think he's met Venom Did Norman meet Big Wheel I mean there was other there's better characters <laughs> Rocket <laughs> Racer you know I mean uh, Hypno Hustler I mean, Rocket, Rocket Racer Norman could have a race or whatever you know on the um, you All know right. with the glider and the skateboard so, you know Jr. You didn't like it so, speaking us- of which Harry had a flying skateboard in the third Spider-Man movie didn't he so he did uh, so we could have Harry in the Rocket Racer you gave it a C minus Jr. What's yeah, what's I some did. cons out of it uh well what are some cons out of it. I didn't understand what was going on in the story. I don't know what the Zodiac key is. I have no idea what Scorpio was yep. thinking that he was going to be doing. You know, like I, I have an hour to do what? 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 I, I don't know what. We you know he was going to send a uh, a signal mm-hmm. to satellites, and they were going to unleash their secrets. So what? What was? What was that going to do? You know, was it going to blow anything up? You know, was it going to incinerate a city? Uh, I, I, you know, what was it going to do? I don't think anybody. Uh, uh, this is an assumption on my part. I don't think anybody was clamoring for a let's wrap that Zodiac Zodiac storyline except Mr. Slot. I don't know. But we have clones Who's of Zach. Who's baby? Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's clones of Zach. He's trying to get back online. Oh. Um, cons out of Ashley and George. What do you guys, what didn't you like? Go ahead, Ashley. There is just the whole him pushing him out of the tower felt so, 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 so wrong. That was just definitely something Peter wouldn't do, I don't think. So, like, oh, let's just pretend possible, like, put this person in lethal danger just to, on a, to confirm a hypothesis, essentially. I'm like, that, even if he was, like, pretty sure that he was right, I, I don't know. It, it, something about it felt really wrong. 
And then just with everything, the relationship with Bobby again is just anytime I see those two together, I just get bad vibes. Um, oh, the whole thing with the the lockbox and that being underwater, I just I, immediately just in that first scene, I'm just already questioning everyone's judgment. Like, why would you have this secret vault underwater? That's a terrible idea because the instant there's a breach of any kind, you're screwed because you're not getting out of there. So yeah. you kind of <clears throat> set yourselves up for failure with that one. And the fact that I can't get over the fact that Anna Marie looks like she's a completely different character. Mm-hmm. She has a completely different hairstyle, not even hairstyle, but like a hairline. Her jawline's completely different. So she just looks like a completely different person. So, right. uh, George, what's your uh, cons? Just it's a waste of time. Nobody cared about the Scorpio thing to begin with. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just whatever. It definitely okay. was the absolute. It was the worst part of Volume 4, and I love how they can't even get the volume right on the caption box when they're trying to explain it to you, because it was Volume 4, number 11, not Volume 3. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, um, go ahead. No, I, I, I like the artwork, but other than that, I mean, it's just, this was a hot mess. Uh, and, and there was no... no Again, I, I agree with George. Nobody cared about this particular storyline, but it's like, oh crap, I gotta wrap this up because I'm getting towards the end of my run. Like, come on, this was not this was not planned. That you know, the play if if it was planned so well, this would have been far better executed than what it was. This was like well, I, in there. Yeah, well, yeah, well. And if you walk through a door, and you <laughs> the on the other side of the door is a year later. How do you get your plans in order when you just walk through a door? Was he was he in was he in the time loop for a year to plan this? It's like you're trying to figure out a bad movie right now. I can't. I just can't wrap my head around it. You should just move on like the rest of us have. Because after we're done talking about this, none of us ever have to reference this issue again ever. <laughs> and Zach, we lost your cam. Are you all right? Every time yeah, you talk, I'm, your, I'm your daughter appears on the screen. I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mobile. Okay. All right. So let's see. What's the next issue we're doing? It's 795 with George. Take us through that one, sir. Hey. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, hey, good news, everyone. Peter's got his own place. Yay. Off screen. Yeah, exactly. Off screen. Uh, so, so we start this issue, and some things have happened. Uh, and uh, it looks like Peter's moved out of Bobby's place and gotten a place on his own. And that YouTube, that uh, iTunes reviewer is really ticked. His, they were so uh, meant for each other that they couldn't even show their breakup in the actual comic. <laughs> so, to say, do you feel like an issue is missing here? Like there should be a yeah. seven nine point seven ninety four point five. Yeah. yeah, the the shipper that wrote the YouTube reviewer is so mad right now because he had just registered SpideyAndBobbyForever.com <laughs> to That's highlight funny. the next decade of their love. Um, so, yeah, Peter moves in. And just as he's starting to feel good about himself, he sees an ad outside from Liz's company, Alchemex, saying, hey, uh, trade in your worthless Parker Industries device for, uh, you know, for something that actually works. You know, <laughs> and um, 
so he's got to get to work at the bugle. And so he puts on a, a jacket and a cap and a scarf and hops on a train to, to get across town to the bugle. Cause he's got to save on web fluid. So he can't swing there because he's broke. And uh, Zach probably liked this because he looked like uh, kind of like the clone with the, you know, blue stupid vest and everything. And, uh, and meanwhile, Loki's watching him uh, like a voyeur the whole time. Uh, Cause apparently Loki's Dr. Strange. Now he's the sorcerer Supreme. And I'm like, okay, whatever comics. Okay. <laughs> Um, cause I'm damn sure not reading Dr. Strange. Cause I remember when they it's, rebooted that a couple of years ago and it was awful. And I was like, wow, you, you don't, you don't even have the right voice for the character. I, uh, it's really uh, good. It's really good. The new yeah, writer on Dr. Strange is good, but you, uh, yeah, you're apparently it's re- going so good. They had to switch him out with Loki. Okay. Well, no, well, I, oh, I like yeah. that. So, uh, so meanwhile, Bobby's, uh, clearing stuff, out, I guess of her apartment. And I'm like, why are you moving out of your apartment? It's your apartment. Why are you leaving just because Peter left? Why are you packing things up? You know, I, unless I guess she's getting ready to move to New York, move out of New York. I don't know. I think she got a job offer in California or something. Don't, oh, that's right. She mentions moving to the West Coast. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's how little I care. We're not supposed to establish information at the beginning. That's right. It makes me wonder if they're going to do like West Coast Avengers again or something. Anyway. Uh, so Aunt May's like, hey, we need to go out to lunch with uh, me, you, and Peter. And, you know, and, and then Bobby's trying to find the best way to tell her, oh, I broke up with your useless nephew. Um, but she can't. So, you know, she she just kind of hangs there on the phone. Meanwhile, Peter, you know, Peter walks into work. And as soon as Peter gets to work uh, there at the Daily Bugle, uh, a raven flies in with a message from uh, Loki Strange. With like uh, Doctor Strange's symbol on it, you know, of the, of the, the symbol of the Sanctum Sanctorum and everything, and then Peter immediately leaves work uh, and rushes over to uh, to Bleecker Street uh, to over to Doctor Strange's place, which is now floating for reasons. Okay, whatever. And this is stuff you can't fault Slot for because this is happening in Doctor Strange. It's not like Slot has a lot of you know choice in what's going on, but at the same time. Slots capitalizing on something that Spider-Man fans have remembered for a very, very long time, especially in the avalanche of craptitude that was one more day. Mm-hmm. The fact that Loki, a god, owes him a favor. Yep. So now, now this, this, unlike the, the, this, unlike the previous issue, fans were wondering about this for 10 plus years. Oh, yeah. This is something that fans still brought up on message boards. For the longest time, people were hoping that it would be used to reverse one more day. Yeah, uh, in some kind of way, and I think that's why Slot did it here. As, as an, you know, he's got to get in his, get in his troll shots as much as possible before he leaves, and uh, and he does it here in this issue very very well. He he trolls the, the you know, if if you were worried that Dan Slot was going to disappoint you and let you you know not let you down one more time, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry. Um, so as soon as uh, Spidey shows up, he gets inside and goes, "Oh, look, uh, my my best friend Doctor Strange has been replaced by this homicidal Asgardian god," and immediately attacks him. And then Loki, you know, defends himself, and Loki's like, "No, listen, settle down, everything is good. Uh, hey, I, I, you know, I just I I owe you a favor." Uh, meanwhile, Liz and Aunt May are are having uh, lunch, and Liz finally tells Aunt May, "Oh, I broke up. You know, Peter and I broke up." And then uh, Aunt May's immediately like, "What did he do now?" That felt so wrong. No, well, it hey, well it oh, felt wrong to me. Whoa, whoa, it's it's consistent with how pissy was after Parker Industries fell. 
if you remember, like right after that, and I, I don't get me wrong, I don't want to defend Slot, but I mean, I, I will on this point. It's consistent with how she's been written from like the last, um, you know, time we spent a significant amount of time with her. Well, you know? to, to the Aunt May that we've read for 30 plus years, did it seem wrong to you, George? She's been mad at him before. J.R. will remember this. She was mad at him with, uh, you know, during, remember the whole time with Nathan Lubinsky when she was running the boarding yeah. house. Her and Peter had a big falling out. She was mad at him when he quit grad school. When he quit grad school, uh, yeah. She's been pissed at Peter before. I mean, I there's that, just oh, when, when she found now. out his secret identity. I mean, before that was all retconned, she was all mad right. at him for. She had to write herself notes to forgive him, you know? So, um, yeah. No, she gets pissed off. She gets pissed off at him. Peter, I mean, AMA has never been one to never find fault with Peter. Yeah. And, but and, over and, Bobby, over Mockingbird. Well, you have to. That's the thing, though. You have. Maybe Aunt May wrote us a review on iTunes. Here's here's the point. <laughs> the weak part of that writing is is the Bobby part because because the slot wants you to to feel like there was more weight to Bobby and Peter than there ever than there ever was. Um, that's why you have Aunt May reacting so strongly. And Aunt May, remember, just loved Bobby. You know? It, it's, sort of the, it's sort of the same way, remember, when everybody was telling Peter how, how perfect Carly Cooper was. Oh, uh, there it is. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, we go back to it because that's it, – it's weak writing. Anyway, um, so, you know, Bobby explains to him, no, look, it, uh, it wasn't that. Turns out we just don't have anything in common. I'm sorry, shippers. Or I'm, I'm sorry, shipper. I'm sorry. Uh, they, they, there was nothing there. You know, it's not even a, perhaps there's something there that wasn't there before. It was like, there was never something there. It was like, they were just bored and were together all the time. So they thought, Hey, maybe we'll try to see if the, Oh yeah, this is about as exciting as burnt toast. <laughs> True. Anyway. So, uh, so we go back to Loki and Spider-Man and, uh, you know he he's offering to help Peter with you know he, you know he's talking to but you know basically he's laying out for, for Peter he's like well you know you've you're certainly a loser these days so why don't I help you out and then <laughs> Spider Man's instantly like no no sir <clears throat> I got that from the from the clone asshole the last time <laughs> I got that from uh, I, I I think I may have hey. gotten it for some other hey. dude who, who's uh, who's who's you know presence in the story is every bit as asinine. And, uh, you know, and of course, they show Mephisto in the background. First time Mephisto, I think, has been an amazing Spider-Man comic in 10 years. First with time. Of amazing. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. With, with Omit. I mean, we had like the Red Bird and everything. Oh, okay. and, that, you know, anyway. Um, so, uh, so, so Loki's like, you know, well, you know, Spider-Man, I can help you out this favor. And Spidey's getting increasingly mad. And Spidey's launching back like he's going to hit him. And he actually busts open a vase and i'm watching this whole thing and i'm like wow if only you'd had that kind of backbone when mephisto showed up <laughs> you know the way other heroes throughout history have you know anyway i digress and uh, and he breaks a vase and then immediately these demon bugs start blowing billowing out of the vase they escape the sanctum sanctorum because that's a thing that can happen and uh and then spider-man and loki set off after him they start murdering people just start killing people, you know, in mass. Loki's half-ass trying to fight them. Spider-Man starts ripping them apart because they're bugs. You know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have that that same compunction against not killing. So he's he's ripping these bugs apart. And and this is probably the only moment I enjoyed in the entire issue, is because it seems like Peter really needed to to let off steam. 
you know? And so he's kind of taken out a lot of aggression on these bugs, mm-hmm. you know? And Loki smiling the whole time, you know, oh, good shot on that one. Yeah, you're doing good. And then uh, so Peter hits one of the bugs and flies through a, a restaurant window. He gets down there. He's going to finish the bug off. And he realizes, oh, look, it's Aunt May and Bobby, you know, and Aunt May's on the ground, you know, and, and Bobby's over her. And Peter figures out she's OK. And then he walks back out in the street to Loki. And Loki's like, well, I managed to save all these people except for this one guy, this one dead guy. And then Peter, of course, is, you know, Spidey, of course, is, you know, that's it. That, that, that's my favorite. Bring this guy back. And so Loki's like, okay, you know, I'll go ahead and return us back, uh, you know, back that far. And so then, you know, Spider-Man leaves the Sanctum Sanctorum and uh, Loki's new version of Wong, I guess, uh, comes out and uh, she says, uh, you know, hey, why did you move this vase here? And of course, you know, it's, it's very dangerous and Loki you realize Loki arranged the entire thing so that he wouldn't know Spider-Man a favor anymore which is kind of shallow seeing as how didn't Spider-Man save his daughter yeah Wasn't that the whole point of the favor but oh well it's Loki in yeah. comic yeah. so uh Loki watches Spider-Man go off spider you know Peter goes and meets Bobby and Aunt May back at the restaurant where the bug never crashed through and uh and then, and then Loki starts watching Norman Osborn uh, through, you know, scrying on him because that makes sense that he would just start scrying on Norman. And then we see Norman bond, bond with the Senate car, you know, with, with the symbiote carnage and, uh, and lose control and not be able to control it like he thought he would. And now at the end, he's just carnage to be continued. Woo. Yay. All right. So what's your grade, George? Oh, this, this, this is an F. Man. Uh, you Ash. know what? I'll take, the, I'll take that back. Cause I, I, yeah. I've gotten to the point now where I throw out F so casually just because for the most part and most of the time the stories are just crap. Um, I'll give this one a D minus again just because I did like that one moment when Spider-Man kind of cut loose. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, finally, somebody else is not stealing his thunder. We didn't have a moment where Bobby steps out of the restaurant and kills every bug on the street. <laughs> you know, he, the main main uh, ent- uh, character of the book did something. Yeah, I half, I half expected Bobby to knock Loki out. Right. You know, I mean, so uh, we've got a D minus. Ashley, what's your grade? If this were a Loki comic, I'd probably give it like a B or something, but <laughs> it's not, so it gets an F. An F. Wow. Uh, Jr. I gave it a D. Zach gave it a C. Took the words out of my mouth. I'm giving it a C also. Uh, George, let's hear your pros. I think you just named it. Spider-Man cutting loose that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I, I didn't, you know, there's a lot of times when I look back at art or not art, but Spider-Man history. And, and I, there's moments when Spider-Man just gets to kind of beat on something and sort of take, he did that with the Rhino. Remember back when, um, Harry was the green goblin and was coming, you know, was causing so much trouble for him obviously, and, he sent, uh, and he sent the Rhino after him and Peter just went ape shit. On the uh, spectacular 190. Yeah, yeah. We've covered that before on uh, Friday Night Fight. I like what Enigma says to George. It says, this book only exists to get rid of the favor. It does. That is the only thing. That's the only reason this exists is to get rid of the favor. Because people that's kept it. asking Slot about it. Oh, are, they, are you going to reference that? you ever going to reference that? And Here then people are like, well, well, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is owed a favor. Maybe you can use it to return the restore the marriage. Ha <laughs> ha! Monkey's paw. This is why. 
it made me think of, of Dan Slott and, and sort of correlation to Karl Marx, uh, who, you know, of course, you know, was writing about communism and, and religion saying you can't have religion because it gives hope to the masses. Well, we can't have a favor from Loki because Dan Slott knew that that was something that fans looked at with a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Like maybe one day that a, a different writer uh, yeah. could use that to correct some horrible, horrible problems. But of course, that's been ripped away from us because, of course, it, it, well, because it, it, the it favor not. could fix the uh, the we celebrity. Could, we're not uh, meant to have hope. If you're a Spider-Man yeah. fan, you're not meant to have nice things. It could have fixed America. He he even knows with that one Mephisto panel that he was like, nope, you're not going to get this. Nope, I'm taking it from you. I'm going to do it this way. And that, the, you, you, that. you know, I, I'm retroactively changing my grade. This is an F. <laughs> you went from a C to an F? I'm holding on with my C. No, because this is this is literally Dan Slott saying, I'm about to leave this book. Thank you, bleep you, bye. It's the last of what I'm sure are many trolls yet to come in the next several issues. So the reason the many reason I, I give it a higher one for the pro is I do think it's heroic and in line with Spider-Man to save someone he doesn't know. And I, did, I didn't mind that aspect. They used the favor on it. I felt cheated because I had bigger hopes of what the favor would fix. That's why they were crushed this issue, Brad. That's the whole point of the issue. But don't you you have to agree that Spider-Man would help a a stranger? And I think that's exactly that's why Loki engineered the entire thing. Yeah. But the reason Loki engineered it in the first place is because Dan Slott didn't didn't want you to look at that as something to be hopeful about anymore. Right. I feel like we could have had a story about Spider-Man saving a stranger without undoing everything that happened i just that's what i hate about this well thing. if we do it that way then dan slot doesn't get his troll moment you have to understand that's very important it's a story that literally unwrites itself and this isn't like you know back to the future or you know one of those tropes where a character learns and grows something through um grows um learns something and grows through that experience it he doesn't learn anything there's nothing gained it was literally Okay, the entire past few pages that you read um, didn't happen. You're cheated, yeah. So I think this has been one of the most frustrating things that you can read or write, and just it's utterly pointless. It, and it, it, it wastes the reader's money, and it wastes the, the reader's kind of time. time. This was a filler issue that was designed to accomplish two things. One, get us one issue closer to 800, and <laughs> two... I'm, I'm and I'm not kidding when I say this. To literally troll, yeah, the fan base, just to turn the screws a little bit more, because he knows there's a lot of people out there who are who are just counting the days yeah. until all until this nightmare is over. And this is <laughs> this is kind of a middle finger to them. Uh, you know, and, and I'm sorry to say this, but it was it was written in character for Loki to do it the way mm-hmm. they did it. So I'll give Slot credit on that, but. So freaking contrived, and what a colossal freaking letdown! Yes, you're not you're not satisfied after this meal. You 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 have waited ten years for this meal, and you're served McNuggets. <laughs> if you watch how I McNuggets that have been sitting out since for yeah, calling, whole, calling whole, this McNuggets is an insult to McNuggets. <laughs> The McNuggets are actually pretty tasty. Uh, now, I, I'm, I know George is a fan, but uh, How I Met Your Mother, you oh, know, the, McNuggets? Best, <laughs> the best burger in town episode where they're trying mm. to find the best burger throughout New York, right? And they, 
they finally have the burger and, and he takes the bite and they think they found the place and he's let down. That's yes. exactly what happened in this issue. You're not satisfied after this meal at all. No, no. After this read, you've wasted your time because nothing happened in it, right? And the end of the day, nothing happened in this issue. If if this was used to build towards go down swinging, understandable. But this literally was a colossal just it's terror. It's just it's crap, and, and that's the, why. I, and the I artwork didn't great. help it either. I didn't. I wasn't that big a fan oh, of the wow. art. I did not like that one panel where we had like Loki as Bill Skarsgård doing the whole like his eyes are asymmetrical. <laughs> and, oh god, that freaks me out. So, but so, but, got that. so I, I wanted to reference something from from last issue because I, I, I was kind of in and out. Um, uh, looks like um, most of the the predictions in that year have already been done. Remember there there was some predictions that the Zodiac di- guy did. So you had Regent heroes at each other's throats, new you, Norman Osborn. So that's where you've been hiding monsters on the rise. This is the only one that I haven't don't remember seeing. Sky Spears and oh, Otto Octavius. Well, that explains everything. Hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, we're getting you know. So this this issue unfortunately gets us closer to the to the sweet embrace of death that is Dan Slot's run. Um. But uh, yeah, that's we ha- we haven't heard from Jr. What do you have any pros or cons? We've kind of mixed all the cons and pros together. We? Well. You know, actually, I did kind of like Aunt May's, so what has he done now? Um, I, I don't know why. I just, I don't know. That sounds like something um, your wife would say about you. Yeah, pretty well, yeah. yeah <laughs> um, the thing is, is I, I guess, is Zelma supposed to be a variation of Scooby-Doo's Velma? Uh, you know, and... Um, let's see, why does Loki look androgynous? Uh would it have been too much to ask what the favored Loki owed Spider-Man was? I mean, cause after all, isn't every comic somebody's first comic. So, I mean, of course we all know what the favor was about, Yeah, but you know, if, if you hadn't mm. been here for the JMS run, what, you know, you'd be sitting there. There was no reference whatsoever. There was no little, you know, and oh, yeah. there's no hey, Natch, Excelsior, you know, yeah. it was like, there's no note. It? Yeah. I mean, so, the only notes were for the clone conspiracy and one more day. No, there wasn't really a note for one more day. The one, uh, the oh, it said you day. already know. Yeah. If you were a new reader to this, uh, hopefully you you were re- also reading uh, Spidey and Deadpool last year because that's the only other way you were going to know what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and this was all my fault. You know, when the bugs are getting out, he's. <laughs> it's like God. Can we go an issue or two without this? Is all my fault. I mean, it's you know, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, because I've been. Trying to prepare for spider history and have been reading some old stuff from the 70s. And the way Peter talks then contrasts the way Peter talks now is just so stark. Uh, I mean, the guy's an imbecile, uh, an idiot, uh, a whiner. They just, uh, it, it's, it's utterly, the character's utterly intolerable. That's true. Any other cons out of this issue? I think we discussed it pretty good. All right, we've got the next issue is the annual JR, annual 42. Oh, we're doing that before two. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess we are. Yeah. All right. All right. Got a good looking cover on it by Alex Ross. Mm. 
Yeah, well, was, for the last two years, instead of annual 41 and 40, it's been Amazing Spider-Man annual number one, and then another Amazing Spider-Man annual number one. I hate that the counting of these annuals. Numbers don't mean anything, Douglas. You know they this. don't. They don't. But all right, Jer, what do we got? Another right, well, written book. Yeah, but for, okay. First of all, you have the the first rule of annuals, okay. uh, and the first rule of annuals is that they're usually bad. Uh, they are almost always caveat emptor purchases, and this yeah. one is is no exception. So. Our story begins with the Enforcers, two of three, which were supposed to be dead. Uh, Montana died in a forgettable brand new day story, which uh, and and the ox. This is the original ox. The original ox died in an issue of Daredevil back in the early 1970s. So but anyway, between Montana dying and coming back, he grew mutton chops and a mustache. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> but anyway, so these guys, you know, anyway, they've come back because they were cloned during clone conspiracy. The clones uh, of the Enforcer, as Bernardo yeah, says. And, yep. But um, so the reason they're here, they, they've showed up. Uh, they're under the they're they're in the tunnels under New York talking to Steam Bath Guy. And they wanted to they came to warn Steam Bath Guy that uh, they ran into the clone of Ned Leeds. And Ned mentioned the term Blood Creek. Okay. So, and then Ned melted. All right. Now, <laughs> so, no, I, you know, so it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the point of this was. Uh, but anyway, so a steam bath guy is really called the underboss. And you're kind of made to believe that because you can't see him now that he's actually going to be somebody important. Yeah. Um, I thought so, it was Norman. Anyway, so clone conspiracy, you know, was where Ben 28 or Ben 29 or Ben 30. What was he anyway? <laughs> uh, no, he couldn't have been Ben 10 because that was a cartoon. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, but anyway, Montana says, well, some clones were stable and others melted. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What clones are stable? Clones aren't stable, are they? When was it established that clones? The clones always melt. But anyway. Um, Twist but so, life there, JR. So, yeah. Nice. So we, uh, well, at least he didn't mention flour. Uh, Thank the, God. Them turning into flour. <laughs> uh, but so. But this and this this whole thing with Ned calling Betty and Ned calling Betty talking about Blood Creek goes back to clone conspiracy when they were under the dome uh, and all these formerly dead people that Ben 28 or Ben 29 had brought back to life were all kind of running around. And um, uh, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Ned Leeds showed up and Ned kept saying, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, can I, I need to talk to Betty. I need to talk to Betty. And I just thought Ned was wanting to get laid. You know, that's what I thought was that, that was all about. I, I thought uh, he was wanting to tell her that he's not the Hobgoblin. Or, or am I he already knows he's not the Hobgoblin. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember? Betty found yeah, but, that out during Hobgoblin Lives. Uh, no, 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 no. But Ned Leeds doesn't know that Betty knows. Right? 
Yes. I don't think Betty. Uh, I don't. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Ned I don't think. That, I don't think that Ned knew that Betty knew that. I don't know. But anyway, please, for the so, love of God, can we just let Jr. get through this? <laughs> I'd, 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 so I'd, this, let's, this let's, Ned go leads, to, let's go. Let's go back to having Brad try to understand what Scorpio was doing. In I know. The did, did Ned uh, leaves walk through the door? And does Betty know that he walked through the door? That he was oh a year. Oh my God! Let's move on. <laughs> so. Anyway, so anyway, Ned was one of the clones that escaped from under the dome. Uh, and um, <laughs> look at George. <laughs> I've killed him. I walked through his door a year later. You'll <laughs> be the death of me one day. So anyway, I'm about so to go anyway. break out the whiskey in a minute. So the enforcers leave Steam Bath Guy, you know, and Steam Bath Guy is thinking. Oh, it, here's another thing, too. Montana has to mention twice that there's no hereafter. Now, okay, the first time, you know, it's one of those things about, you know, where, you know, the Steam Bath Guy says, you know, you guys, you know, you guys came from hell or wherever. And Montana makes a point, well, there ain't no heaven, there ain't no hell, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. You know, that was, but then, when steam bath guy just makes an obvious trope about, well, you know, if Betty finds out what's going on, then we better send her to meet Ned in the hereafter. And then Montana brings it up again, that there's no hereafter. And it's like, okay, is there an agenda here that I'm missing? You know, that it, because steam bath guy was obviously using a trope, you know, he was obviously using a bad guy, super villain cliche. Uh, So I, I, it was just, it was just really strange to have Montana say that a second time. Uh, so anyway, now we go to the East village. Okay. Where, where, uh, Peter has accompanied Betty. Betty has gone to see a fortune teller slash psychic slash Madam Cleo slash, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and her Oscar winning performance <laughs> slash, uh, wannabe called Madam Zora, you know, and you know, and I was in the East village not too long ago and I don't remember seeing any psychics, but anyway, that's another, that's another thing entirely. Um, the, the New York that exists today is not the New York in the comic books. I just going to tell you that right now. Um, so anyway, so anyway, so we're here with Madam Cleo, uh, Betty is remembering, <laughs> uh, Betty is, Betty's remembering when Ned called her and mentioned blood Creek. And, and so she's trying to get back with Ned, 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 finish the rest of it, finish the rest of it. You know, and Peter is just sitting there saying, eh, blah, 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 this is so effing stupid, you know? It's, uh, so, I mean, I don't even know why he's there. I don't even know why, but, but anyway, but Betty, Betty's doing this because in the words of Bertoni, Betty Brandt is a horrible person. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that so, was Andy, uh, let's see here. And it's Miss Cleo, not Madam Cleo, okay? What did you call her? I call her. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, offended? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Andy, she's one of Dionne Warwick's psychic friends, okay? (laughs) So, for good times, for bad times. Oh, sorry. We're never going to get to this issue, ever. So Peter and Betty are walking down the street saying, "Ooh, I did he did he dumb did he do?" Right. And so, so, and then <laughs> Betty just mentioned, you know, Betty just, uh, you know, starts yakking, and then she notices that Peter disappears. Now, this is something that's really stupid. Okay, you know, Peter doesn't. Peter notices that somebody is following them, and then he disappears, and then Betty turns around and he's gone. Now. Peter doesn't say something like, oh, crap, you know, I got to get Aunt May's hemorrhoid medication to her. Or he doesn't say, uh, I've got to go, you know, take pictures for the beagle. He just disappears. All right. And now what? 
person does this. It, it's like, and Betty turns around and she just accepts it as normal. Oh, this is normal stuff Peter does. No, no, that's not normal stuff that anybody does. I, you know, it's like by this time, even if Betty doesn't know that Peter is Spider-Man. Okay. It's not, but okay. But in Betty's defense, there's, there's decades of story where Peter does exactly that around. Betty. I know, but see that, mm-hmm. that, it, that was, yeah, you're right. Decades. This is 2018. <clears throat> this doesn't work anymore. Okay. People are not as stupid as they were portrayed in the comic, but they weren't even as stupid back then, but uh, you know, b- back then the superhero tropes, we all accepted, but now no, it, it, it doesn't work. Okay. It's just dumb. Anyway. So, so then, you know, <clears throat> Peter tries to follow this guy, but he disappears. So then later Betty and glory grant are having lunch in the park by a revolutionary war statue. That's honoring the battle of blood Creek. Ooh, you think it's connected boys and girls, but Notice the homeless guy in the background okay? <laughs> because you know that it's significant because it's not just background. You know, you hear him go spare change, spare change, which is yeah. exactly what these guys on the way from when I walk from work to my car, I run into as many as four of these different guys, you know, usually, uh, can you help me get a meal or help for the homeless or, uh, you know, some guy, my dog is dying and needs medication, but these guys, you know, so anyway, he says spare change. So you're thinking, uh, uh-huh, that's going to be significant later on. Yeah. All right. So we'll do stuff for food, please not butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so all, all the, uh, all the, uh, all those continuity fanboy, all the continuity, f- continuity fanboy whores will appreciate the fact that glory is not spooked by Betty's call from the dead, because as she mentions it, I once dated a werewolf. Mm. So, you know, if you remember the Lobo brothers, so you can kind of, I don't know. You can kind of appreciate that a little, a little bit. So Peter and Betty are at the bugle where they're trying, they're discovering that somebody is nefariously trying to scrub existence of the battle of blood Creek from every possible database. Now. Okay. Wait a minute. Um, if the battle of blood Creek really existed, what would, uh, I mean, there would all, all be a paper trail, right? So what would, what good, what good would it do to scrub it from existence in a, uh, uh, from a database and from digitally? And how do they know this is happening? JR, you're doing that thing that Brad does where he's trying to understand time travel and trying to understand, you're trying to make sense of a bad story. Yep. Well, I, I know, I, I know that, but see, the thing is, I think I know what I'm talking about. Whereas, oh. you know, Brad just babbles, you know, <sighs> uh, I'm and, going, uh, I'm going a year ahead. I'm going to walk through right, the door. Right. Brad, <laughs> so, uh, but then they said, uh, Betty says, oh yeah. And there's this historian, uh, who was saying the exact same thing. And he, or no, th- this, there's his historian who was Ned's source on blood Creek. We got to go see him. So Peter and Betty go see him. And then the historian tells Betty that, Oh, the battle of blood Creek never happened because there is no paper trail and it's only referenced digitally. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So the historian says somebody is trying to create a fictitious battle of blood Creek, but just a couple pages ago earlier, earlier, 
Peter was saying that somebody is trying to erase all evidence of the Battle of Blood Creek. Okay, the enforcers come in, they kidnap the historian, they get away, but Spidey saves Betty, even though he's run out of webbing again because he doesn't have any money. You know, let's beat that trope to death again if you didn't get it before. Uh, let's see here. Okay, Peter or Spider-Man tells Betty that Peter. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Because Spider-Man comes and saves Betty from getting carried away, and Peter and Spider-Man says, "Peter called me and said, you know, you needed help." <sighs> Jeez, you know, I mean, were we done? I mean, wasn't this stuff stupid when? Lois Lane was trying to prove that Clark Kent was Superman back in the fifties and sixties. I mean, didn't this kind of stupid stuff go away with that? So uh, let's see here. We have another character that comes in and, uh, Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm a little bit too early. Betty glory, B- Betty glory and Spidey all wonder why there's a statue commemorating a battle that never happened. All right. So they go to city hall and research some records and they find out the statue was commissioned and it cost millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, and then the kingpin shows up <laughs> and he, you know, he says, Oh, I know all about the blood Creek contingency, but I should have done something about it. Uh, kingpin mayor of New York, kingpin, boring, 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 boring. Uh, then there's this utterly inconsequential person that shows up and leads Betty under the tunnels of New York, which happened to be, I guess, the scene where the Goblin Nation took place. But, you know, by this time, nobody really gives a shit. Uh, and then he quotes that he, he tells Betty that the, the, the statue is made of precious tritium, which means that he saw the original Spider-Man, too. OK, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But let's see here. Uh, but, you know, there was a reference to Amazing Spider-Man 2 somewhere that I thought was, uh, I guess not. I don't know. Anyway, so Precious Tritium. So that's what Doc Ock called it in, in Spider-Man yeah. 2. Uh, so anyway, then the underboss, Steam Bath guy, shows up. And he's a guy we never heard of. This guy we've never seen. I wouldn't even bother mentioning his name. Anyway, so he says he's the head of the shadow arm of the Magia, which is Marvel's ripoff of the ripoff of the mafia. The thing is, how does the Magia even exist anymore? How do the five families even exist anymore? You know, we had the five families in that previous, uh, uh, Venom Omega. Uh, Venom story or whatever. I mean, you know, when the Kingpin is always rising and falling, rising and falling, when the hood is taking over the game. Are you saying the Kingpin is a clone? (laughs) uh, He's made of flower? Rising and falling? (laughs) (laughs) No, that would would be if he were a souffle. Uh, But... Uh, but it's like so how the, is there, how the, how is there even i mean so so like is the maggie a part of the five families i mean to me george, five, george he's doing it again he's trying to make sense of a bad story but but it's like so anyway but for some reason now he thinks that okay instead of just oh killing betty and the historian and this other guy who showed up for no reason he's gonna have to blow up the statue because since it's precious tritium it's a bomb and it was put there so in case uh, anybody got too close to the, what the Magia was up to, uh, it would blow up and blow up City Hall and blow up all the criminal justice courts and everything. And it's like, wait a minute, wouldn't you have done this already? I mean, how many times have you been in, has the Magia been indicted and supervillains been indicted and mafia bosses been indicted and the thing hasn't blown up yet? Uh, okay, so 
<laughs> anyway, so he's going to blow this all up to save his criminal empire. And so they start taking a train. They in the, they in the forces take a train. Uh, and manservant Ronaldo is going to go, you know, do something for him. But anyway, so Spider-Man, though, busts in and saves everybody and makes insipid Games of Thrones references. Uh, and then we go back to the surface uh, where manservant Ronaldo is about to push the red button under the, uh, the the Blood Creek statue, but homeless guy shows up and, and starts fighting him and tries to stop him. Uh, then we have, oh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Betty stops the bomb from going off. The bad guys are arrested. The statue is taken down and a little memorial to Ned Leeds is put in its place. And it turns out the homeless person was really clone Ned in disguise. But the enforcer said they caught him on the phone with Betty and that he melted. How is Ned not, or clone Ned, Ned, Ned two? I don't know. Ned two. Uh, yeah. How how is Ned two not discombobulated flower, the way that uh, they all the rest of them are? Well, are, that, that, well some 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 are stable, some are not. Well. Montana says that some are stable. Now, how does Montana know that? But okay. how, yeah, yeah, and how? Yeah. It, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess he and, and Miles Warren played cards and he explained Miles Warren explained the whole thing. Um, so any by this, any revolutionary war expert would have known there was no battle of Blood Creek. So I, I you know, I, I don't know. Uh, so but but ned wanted to you know he wanted to to talk to betty so he could get laid but then he just takes his homeless person guys and smiles and he walks off into the distance it's like that that's it he's back from the dead and he's just gonna this is what he came back for just to to finish this one story uh i i yeah 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 i i that's the end of the story folks yeah that's it (laughs) <laughs> I mean, well, that's it. well, they they put a dedication on the spot dedicated to Ned, but yeah, and that's it. That's the story, and you you have you have no idea what the purpose of this thing was. No, utter waste. Uh, we the the second story. We let's we can review this one with grades, but I thought the second story was a lot better. In the oh, end. the one that completely doesn't understand Spidey sense at all. Yeah, that oh, really you didn't like that one. Hell no, I didn't like that one. It's a super story. If I wasn't a Spider-Man fan and didn't actually know how the damn thing works, sure. Oh, I'd like to. Maybe it'd be okay. cute. All right, J- this JR, is- what's, your, what's your grade on the first story? Ugh, D minus. Okay, George. No, the, yeah, the F. Ashley? Yes. Uh, Zach? I'm going to give it a B. I actually didn't hate this. Oh, man. Well, it's clone-related. I mean, there's... No, no, I would- I would give it a D for dismal confusion. I, I was lost a lot in this book. Go ahead, J- JR. What's your pros? My okay. pros. Yeah, your pros. My pros. No, oh, my pros. Um, it was hot. And then uh, a naked woman came out of the brush. And no, no, no. no. office meds again. Oh God! I, I was doing pros. I was doing pros, uh, and the, and then um, the moon. All right, all right. It was a dark and stormy night there in the basement. Somebody, right. somebody text Winter and tell him to go down there with a the trank gun and and oh Jr. up with his meds again. Yeah. Did you like anything in the story? Have you been wanting Ned to come back from 1987 for this? 
I no, there's no pros to this story. There's no pros. I mean, it, it won't even make good toilet paper. It would irritate my ass. You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I've said a lot of negative things about Spider-Man stories on this show over the last decade. A lot. But wow. JR just, I mean, it, you know, it wow. escalated. That's a good quote. YouTubers, what do you think of that one? Wow. Okay. Uh, any? Let's go to Zach for the pros. He had the most. He had, gave it a B, I think. Yeah, yeah. Zach, uh, justify your B. Well, one, uh, Betty Brant was written in character throughout this entire issue. Uh, it was nice to see that they were actually using Betty for a change. I, I liked the Daily Bugle aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that the Enforcers are back for reasons. Um, it doesn't offend me. After after reading the rest of this month's books, uh, and we haven't got the spectacular yet, obviously, but but all the amazing books and the and the Venom Inc. stuff, it was nice to have us. This felt like Spider Man to me because it was clone stuff. It wasn't just the clone stuff, like beyond the clone stuff for me. Like that was that's like this much of of this story. Um, yes, does it follow up plot points from Clone Conspiracy? Sure. But I actually like the fact that that Peter Parker. It felt like he was driving driving the story more so than he, than, than any of the other books that we've reviewed tonight. Uh, the, one of the things that that Jr. did did kind of um, jump over was like uh, the fact that they actually I don't know referenced the fact that it wasn't Doc that it was Doc Ock that got him his doctorate. That's the that's nice because you know everybody has talked about the fact that. Um, We've mentioned this on the podcast that Peter's like, uh, you know, not okay with it, but that they never even acknowledged the fact that it was Otto instead of Peter. Uh, the fact that you had the the the, the security lady saying that they, she invested her entire pension in into the company, which, as a person that works in the financial services industry, I would have been like, "Ma'am, you you don't want to, you don't want to do that." So she got some very bad financial advice. Just saying. Um, I, I again, I like the artwork. I like Betty. You know, uh, why did why did Montana have tattoos on his arms? Why I think it was Fancy Dan, wasn't it? Yeah, why does why does Fancy Dan suddenly have tattoos? That's why they call him Fancy Dan. You've never <laughs> seen, you know, you've never seen his arms before. That's that's why you just haven't seen the tats. Oh, okay, well that's just that's very strange. Um, I, I, I I like the fact that they were using continuity. I even like the fact that that uh, Fisk was like, <laughs> "Get security, get him now!" You know that was kind of fun. Uh, was it a little contrived? Sure, but there have been far worse annuals that we've we've covered on this show v- via Spider History and and in the reviews. So that's why I gave it a B. Okay. I had a good time with it. In other words, <laughs> you gave it a B because it wasn't as bad as other shit. <laughs> yeah, more or less. That's grading on the curve. <laughs> of, of course, you know, I, I'm somebody who's always liked Glory as a supporting character. Yeah. And it, this issue proved that Glory would be a better reporter than Betty would be. Because, like, they're sitting there in the park and, and Betty's like, what it, What even is uh, Blood Creek? And, and, and she's, you know, and Glory's yeah. like, oh, the Revolutionary War battle that just happened to be fought on this very spot. You know, and then, and, but he's like, how, how do you know that? And then, and then Glory's like, it's on that damn statue we're sitting next to. <laughs> well, we, of course, look, I, I, I want, that I want fun. more glory. I do. I want more glory in the book, but we, we also know that, that Betty is not as good. As, she, she thinks she's a good reporter, but she's really not as good as she thinks she is. Well, she's psycho. That's the thing. Yeah. She's crazy. 
I'll give you that. You got a uh, case of the crazies. Yeah, yeah. J- I mean, she, she got scooped by Ken Ellis once. J- uh, JR, what's your biggest cons out of this book? My, my big, you mean I have to pick? Uh, they're all big cons. Give, give me a few. Give me, give you a few, give you a few. Okay. Uh, the fact that, uh, I didn't understand, I didn't understand the, the villain's plot. The villain's plot yeah. was stupid. I agree. It, it's like, it, it was, it was like, uh, th- this whole thing, <laughs> you know, they built this big explosive statue. Uh, I, no, I didn't understand the plot. Actually, I didn't either. I didn't either. That's what took me <laughs> so out. there's my biggest con. What was the point? Yeah. And why does Montana button chops and a mustache? What was the point of bringing Ned Leeds back for this? What was the point of wasting the favor from Loki for this? What was the point? The, 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 these aren't related. Well, no, it, I'm just saying the payoff of both of those was subpar and not worth our time. Uh, yeah, I mean, why I'm does not- Ned clone Ned just walk off into the sunset? You know, it's kind of like if you're going to bring him back and give him a last far- hurrah, wouldn't you have him like, have a final scene with him and Betty with him making amends or maybe, uh, you know, him and Peter settling up, you know, old grievances they had or any something rather than just him smiling and, you know, walking off into the distance. I mean, if you're going to do that, um, I just, well, maybe they're going to be, there's going to be a mini series where, um, Ned and Betty are reunited and, and, uh, Ned literally melts in her hands. Not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, he's not uh, the candy man. Well, better than melting in her mouth, I guess. But, oh. anyway, <laughs> but also, the backup story was cute. <laughs> um, Melts in your hand, not your mouth. <laughs> good, good little. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, the backup story was really good. Market so is actually some. This is some of his best artwork that I've seen. Oh, yeah, I thought the art was pretty good. Um, I I thought it was kind of cute that Aunt May was trying to get everybody together for Peter's birthday. Um. And everything. I, I liked Mary Jane appearing in the book. Yes, the yeah. uh, the the spider sense is woefully inconsistent. Even even Rich Johnson had a problem with it. I, I didn't mind that. I I, I, I it really it, it didn't offend me. I'm like, if you had spider sense, wouldn't you constantly constantly being you seeing threats everywhere? Right. I, I didn't have a problem I with it. Jerry, did you have a pro- what, Ashley? Oh, it's, it's a side story, so I'm like okay with creative license being taken for the purpose of the story. So. Yeah, and I, I I like seeing all the Spidey costumes on the on the last page. Yeah, that was cute. Um, Jerry, did you not like the 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 Spider Sense story? No, I didn't. What the what what happened, George? You just got a hat. What are we doing? What in the world? The joke was so bad I needed a fancy hat. <laughs> yeah, you're using Zach props. What are you doing, sir? No, I just. All right. All right. J- JR, the, the final story about Spider Sense. What did you think of it? The only good part about it was the dog poop. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those. It, it's if if the writer was doing it, it looks like the writer may have been doing a deliberate, okay, if Spider-Man really had a spider sense taken to its logical extreme, this is how it would really work. It would yeah. be an utter nightmare for a person to have, uh, you know, and by Peter, it would show that a person literally could not function if he truly had this power. But why are you doing this in the context of a Spider-Man story? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, 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 it, you know, I mean, we've never, um, 
I mean, it, it, as a parody, it might have worked, but as a, an an honest Spider-Man story, no. Okay. Uh, and the whole thing about you know trying being secretive and having something for Peter, you know, trying to surprise Peter on his birthday, I just that was lame. Technically, isn't lame. every clone a parody story? <laughs> isn't every clone story a parody story? <laughs> I, I, I say I say we move on. What do you guys think? Zach, wrap oh, yeah. us up with uh, Zach two ninety nine. All right, so let me uh, let me take it out of the bag. Right, taking it, it out, out of the bag. Of the bag. All right, so spectacular Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider Man two ninety nine, written by Zdarsky, uh, Adam Kubert, and Juan Fig- uh, for Jiri for Jiri. Uh, Jason Keith with the color artist. Um, Marcos Martin did the cover art. Uh, the The story is called Desperate Measures, and we pick up with T'Challa talking with Peter Parker's not sister because we don't have a we don't have a new movie coming out starring T'Challa. There is there is more team ups in this book than Marvel team up had. Yeah, so we have a uh, uh, this typical superhero misunderstanding. We get Hawkeye shows up for reasons. Um, you know, and, and, uh, so we get the little bit of a, um, a chase scene, uh, in the, in those regards, we go to a Mr. Fix it. They fix everything from laptops, Androids, iPhones, Stark phones, and webware. Oh, well, they marked it. I crossed off the webware. That's kind of cute. Uh, so Jonah is talking to the shocker for, who is straight out of the 90s show, uh, with his trench coat on. If you know, if you ever watch the '90s show, uh, Shocker still has his costume on because they didn't want to have to make another character model. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what happens. So uh, Betty and and Jonah are, you know, kind of. And Jonah's remember Jonah's Jigsaw Jameson in this one. So uh, Pete, Pete's sister and and Peter show up at Mason's the lab, and um, there's a bit of a discussion and. Um, we then get the guest appearance by Ironheart and Superior Foes Era Beetle. Also, the vultures there for reasons. This is this just as a reminder. This is the book that you guys were telling me was so good, right? No, it's it's gone off the rails. Yeah. It's it, it, gone it, off the rails. It's almost like I could tell that it was going to be garbage, like by issue two, and that's why I stopped reading. So we actually get most of the superior foes to appear in this particular issue. We got vision and, and they're fighting Lionheart and Ironheart, whatever her freaking name is. Um, and, and then we get a giant squid version of a spider slayer called the hero slayer with Phineas's face in the yeah, middle. It's pretty, it's pretty funky looking. Yeah. yeah so, um, Spidey continues to fight the tinkerer. Uh, fights the spider slayer like he's like he's done a million times before, and then we get to the you know um, we get to the very end where I'm out on that one. The very <laughs> end of this thing, this the yeah. ending, of this. So um, you've already lost Brad, and he likes bad stories. Yeah. <laughs> so and even Brad doesn't like this. What does that tell you? So yeah. Mason suddenly has it, it, Mason is no longer Mason. He is now Inspector Gadget because he's got his go-go gadget arm. Grabs Jameson and says, "Look, our former mayor doing door-to-door, thinking of running again." And uh, all of a sudden, then we have uh, the, the the middle midsection of Mason open up, and then out comes out the Tinkerer. 
So basically, Spidey's being played by the Tinkerer. And so the Tinkerer is inside the gut of his robot brother. Yeah. I don't think there was any such thing as his brother, I think. Oh, one. yeah. He made a brother out of... Anyway. So, plot twist. Um, Tinkerer is is actually... His brother is actually the Tinkerer. And uh, to th- be continued, issue 300, the end game. Um, man, has this gone off. Uh, the thing that we've disliked about this since they brought Spectacular back has been this this whole subplot with with the sister and Mason and all of this. The things that have worked about this series to to, to answer some of George's question has been the Jonah stuff. But quite frankly, this is some of the most god awful and a complete waste of Adam Kubert's uh, talents as well. I, I just, this is to give it a grade, Brad, it's, it's an, it's a D minus uh, for me. Um, yeah. Where, where X Wolf and Chad says uh, the tinker is Andre, the giant. Yeah. 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 For, for some reason, like Mason's character design, it looks yeah. like, it looks like Andre and it's like, yeah, I, I, had, I think I that helps. I think that issue where he talked to Jonah was just in a one one shot or something like that because it doesn't match the quality of the rest no. of this book. No, you. I, you could, I mean, you could read that issue and maybe the one before it, no problem. But everything else about this book since its inception, in terms of the return of this book, has been just freaking awful. I, I had hopes after issue one or two that. Yeah, this might be going somewhere. But I, I, by this point, how many seven, eight issues later from this setup? Yeah, I, the, the, it's taken too long to get to the payoff. It was like it was spinning its wheels to get to three hundred. Yeah. Um. I. I just. It, it's really horrendously bad, and I, I can't justify liking this book. And, and we. I know with a lot of us have. We had, I mean, Brad, you and I had hopes. A lot of people were pinning their hopes on Zagdarsky, and, and I, I, I warned people not to. I know, and I hate to say, I, it. I went on a big rant about that, about being careful about not looking because you didn't like, you didn't like his Howard the Duck book. I remember. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just, <coughs> yeah, I, I've never understood the the the, the draw to his. Right. I mean, I just, I don't see it. Two, and, so, I mean, Marvel two and one's the exact same thing. I, I, I read. Now, it. I take that. I disagree on that. I do like Marvel two and one. Oh, I've read two issues of that. Oh, actually, it's just like spec. I've read two issues of it, but I liked it better. Uh, so you give it a D minus. I will also give it a D minus. I would agree with that. Ashley, did you read this one? I did, but I feel loath to even give it a great because I just do not care. Yeah. If it's got Teresa Parker in it, I'm just out. Uh, yeah. This concept could have been fine with handled with another writer, and I just you know um, yeah. if you, I've mentioned it several times, but if you want to if you want a superior Peter Parker sister book, go read the uh, Adam Troy Castro books. Yeah, um, George, what's your grade, sir? I was read this. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you did. Okay, I just, uh, I just made a whole point about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jr., did you read it? Uh, yes, unfortunately. Okay, what would your grade be? Give it a D. D. D's all around. Uh, pro is the art, right, Zach? You said yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, any other pro? No, I mean because, like, okay, why is why 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 do we have to have in both books? 
both amazing and spectacular. It's like you have to have the guest stars show up and save the day and, and save the day. And, and you're cram pulling, you know, cramming it full of guest stars on both books and, and to where it's no longer, you know, when, when guest stars would appear in Spider-Man, it was kind of cool, but it was one and done's. But this has been just uh, the last three years. It's been just book after book. It didn't matter if it was ASM or a satellite book. It's, Spider-Man can't just do his own shit. Mm-hmm. He just can't. It's, it's, and it goes back to what we said earlier about how when we realized tonight <laughs> that the 90s are, have actually been better than the 2010s. Even in the 90s, as bad as things got and as badly as he was written out of – well, not out of character, but as badly – as bad as some of the stories were, uh, he still got the beat ass. Right. He, he was still a star in his own damn book. Yeah, I mean there would be guest stars that, you know, every summer, but that was it. Spider-Man was able to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have occasional guest stars, but it wasn't all the freaking time. I am so sick and tired of seeing like, like, like Black, like why, why is Black Panther here other than to try to cash in on a possible <laughs> time in the movie? There is no reason. Yeah, it's just freaking ridiculous. And then I, I know it, uh, we're going to talk about it next month, but 300 is coming out and it's going to be oversized, overpriced, stuff full of stuff because they can get away with it because it's an anniversary issue. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man deserves a lot better. That's why we get frustrated when we talk about why, why we are still reading the book and why we kind of go on these rants and why we're supposedly so stinking negative and sometimes why we foster a little bit of this crazy discontent in our in the in the community it's because we want spider-man to be great we, we we've want- read stories where we, we know the stories where spider-man has been far far like exponentially better than it is now yeah and, and it's just we want we want the current generation to see those things in their new books that that exist in the in those old books as well. Yeah, I remember a long time ago, Brad. You may remember this on the podcast. This was years ago, or like maybe two or three years ago. But I said, because uh, uh, I, you know, I I said something, and or somebody was giving me grief for being too negative or something like that. But I said, you know what? Though I, I, I no, I refuse to settle for less. I remember. I, I refuse to settle. I, I, I'm never going to settle and just say, okay, well, these are the stories we have now. I might as well like them. No, no, never. That's that, that puts a foul taste in my mouth. In 50 years, we've had a lot of good Spider-Man stories and we want it to be like it was where we enjoyed our rooting for our favorite hero, not rooting for the team up characters to save the day from our favorite hero. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't want some, somebody that we don't care about to be the antagonist. Uh, coming out of underground, like JR's review, we just, it's so sad. It, it's a bad relationship to bring it all full circle, mm-hmm. uh, to our iTunes reviewer. Uh, it's a bad relationship that us Spider-Man fans are in having to deal with subpar stories. And it's, and, and we have hope. Otherwise we would not do this show that the stories will eventually get better. It will require new writers and new artists, I guess. And new editors, oh and, yeah, we, we and need a new and, and new so and new uh, editors and chiefs. Well, we just got a new editor in chief. Let's see if that helps us in our journey for better spider stories. I think uh, uh, I think Nick Lowe's editor- gonna gonna stick around like sciatica. <laughs> you mean the new editor in chief that used to that pretended to be somebody else? 
I know. I, I'm not going to judge him yet because he hasn't. I haven't seen what he's done. But it seems after we got a new editor, we were informed that Mr. Slot was leaving. I don't know if that goes hand in hand, but uh, that is a good step. Yeah, I think there were some plans before that, but yeah. Yeah, Jr. We let's hear your cons out of this book. I we haven't heard much out of you on the cons. Oh no. Spec let's 299. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I actually, uh, I've been ranting so much, I thought I actually had talked about it, but I guess I didn't. Right. Uh, let's see here. What, uh, I don't know. What? Why Why is Hawkeye in this, you know? I yeah. mean, uh, and, and why is that, why are they trying to make him look more like Jeremy Renner every day? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, again, you know, I, I, I was wondering, is Mason modeled on Andre the Giant? I mean, I... Uh, but although at least it looks like he won't be a continuing character, I was afraid that he was going to when they when they first had the Mason that he was going to be another one of those you know assisting the superheroes behind the scenes characters. I didn't want to see one of those. You know, uh, real quick, quick, real quick, Jr. Do you think it's a matter of the writer saying, you know what, all I've written is uh, Howard the Duck. I'm on a Spider-Man book. I want to pack as many people that I've always wanted to write into this book. And don't you think an editor would say, no, 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 stop. This is a Spider-Man book. Focus on that. Well, editors don't edit anymore. I mean, I, I think that's that's pretty apparent. I mean, the editors don't apparent anymore. Or edit. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't even dream to imagine what this guy was thinking. <laughs> I really <laughs> wouldn't. Okay. So, but no, I mean, I just, it just, it, it, the cons, I mean, it, it just, uh, and why does the Tinkerer look like Dr. Savannah now? I mean, the Tinkerer was always kind of an old, uh, you know, old wrinkly old guy or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and now he looks absolutely nothing like he's looked in the past. Well, he, so. he got some Aunt May meds and they, they de-aged 20 years because he walked through a door and he went 20 years by into the past. <laughs> you're, you're still trying to tie all that back together, Brad. No, I, I'm trying to loop it in to make some sort of sense of the, the chaos. <laughs> 